the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. You fucked up last week, nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. Episode. 109. Boom. And you swore. I did, sorry. Bad boy. I'm going to have to put that as an explicit podcast now. <laughs> explicit. I hope you're happy with yourself. Oh, we can talk about whatever we like now. People turning off in droves. Um, <laughs> Joe, what are we talk about? The thief of joy that <sighs> is comparison. Ooh. I was going to say compassion. Like, no, that's the giver of joy. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this. It's such a biggie and it's such a massive stumbling block for tons of people because then they go well I'm not getting the same results as X, Y and Z or I'm putting more effort in than Joanne and Susan but they're getting better results therefore I might as well stop and it's just oh no it's such a sad thing to see it's it's a tough position for a coach to be in to see that happen and again you know we're going to talk about social media and, and everything else as well it's it's just about staying in your own lane and concentrating on your journey because who gives a shit about everyone else? No, not that, but you know, you don't, it's no reflection on you. Is it what other people are doing? It's catching yourself doing it as well. Isn't it? I think that's the, the big thing is it's so easy to get caught up in like an Instagram scroll or a Facebook wonder where you're looking at friends of friends of friends of friends and looking at, at what other people have in their life. And, it rarely, it rarely makes you feel good, does it? It's, ra- it's rare for you to do that and go, well, I've got tons going on in my life. My life is just non-stop parties, money, and happiness. I was going to say cocaine and hookers, but I feel like that is the wrong, the, wrong dem- the wrong demographic. And also, that's not the root of happiness, as I already know. But that's what social media and culture and you know, film, everything pushes out, is that the more you have, the better your life is. And so that's then what the, the media push. You know, it's that you can't go on social media and look at the highlights of someone else's life and then your life be as good as that because that's the whole point. It's the highlights. These are the best bits. These are people, you know, their best experiences taken from the best angles and the best lighting and the best cameras. And more often than not, the people you don't know anyway. The people who you just think you know. Just because it's so-and-so's daughter or so-and-so that you've read about in the magazines I remember hearing this a while ago and talking about social media and about how traditionally, you know, our consumption of media was magazines or TV. So you had to be, you know, if you are in Heat magazine, you've got to be someone who's worth being followed around by a paparazzi. Or if you want to be on Jonathan Ross's chat show or whatever, you've got to be someone of certain notoriety. Whereas Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are now the main character in the show is you can then, or you can feel like you're the main character in the show and you feel on a similar level to these people. You know, if I go onto Twitter, I see big celebrities and I also see people who follow us. 
So that's all on that similar level. And, and it then gets confused that, that we are on a similar level to those people and that people are then making these cross comparisons that, well, my life's not as interesting as Dan Bilzerian, who's, you know, taking all these photos and got all this money and doing all these, what look like weird and wonderful, interesting things. And so it's just a root of, of unhappiness. And I think that there's loads of things that you can do to make your life better. Do you know what? If you consume this content and it doesn't bother you and it motivates you, that's great. There's a lot of people who I don't think it does. I think that actually makes them feel worse rather than makes them feel better. Yeah. It's like you said, isn't it? it's, it's the highlights. It's the bits that people are prepared to show. It's not them, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning waking up with the makeup halfway down the face and stuck on the pillow and whatever else, you know, a stinking hangover and a bad mood. It's... <laughs> the pre-prepared shots that they're happy to, to show on, you know, we were just kind of discussing before or talking about it, like saying, and it's, you know, when we're looking at from a, I suppose, like a physique standard, like these are the genetic elites. These are the 1% or less than 1%. And the example I was saying, like, you don't get people just go like, well, I run. Why am I not an Olympic athlete? Because the Olympic athletes are the genetic elite. They're the 1%. They're the people who can compete at that rate. And that's similar with these kind of, physique models or fitness influencers. I know they said entrepreneurs, fitness influencers, you know, that are these genetic elite people that you would never have heard of before, you know, because they might have been on a bodybuilding stage. You'd have to buy a bodybuilding magazine to see that. But because they've got this platform now and they get a huge amount of followers and, you know, get a ton of notoriety and momentum and that's, you know, what they do, which is fine. But for you to compare yourself again to, someone who's a fitness influencer going, why don't I look like that? It's like, well, why can't you run a sub 10 second, hundred meters? Because you're just not that person. But what you can do is take your hundred meter, hundred meter runtime and get faster hundred percent and concentrate on that and get a little bit faster, knock a second off it. You know, again, it's that, that stain in your lane because it never ends. That I said, for example, one of the podcasts or one of the live videos, that was one of the live videos. And I said, should I just quit training? because I was in the gym and I was doing hack squats and there was someone, you know, benching like 180 kilos and there was, I'll never do that. And there was someone else squatting like 220 kilos and I'll never do that. So should I just not bother? Well, well no, because what I could do is add five kilos to my hack squat. I could add three more reps to my hack squat. You know, I can make these improvements, which is what I'm at the gym for. I'm not there to compete with other people. You know, again, and the fact that someone's benching weight that I'll never be able to do, that's no reflection on me, on my life. So why should I let that bother me? Which I didn't, because I'm very realistic that I'll never bench 180. <laughs> I think, but almost me and you aren't the best examples of stuff like this sometimes, because especially for you, I think you're probably better at this than I am. Is that, and I've spoken about this quite a lot recently, like the acceptance of that, the acceptance mm. that you're allowed to be frustrated, that you aren't the best or you aren't anywhere near the best you aren't even in the top 50 percent all right you're allowed easy. to be disappointed you're you know especially your poverty bench you're allowed to be frustrated by this and you're allowed to, to be down about it but and if you fight that if you try and get away from it or if you get swept away by it then it dominates your life whereas accepting it's almost like putting the full stop on it and i accept that i am not going to be an elite level athlete and i've this is actually you know this is something that i've struggled with is i want to be you know, I've always thought, well, if I'd been in the right training circumstances and if someone had picked up my skills early enough, then maybe I could have. It doesn't matter. 
just got, you know, a ship sailed 31. Just got to, to understand that that's how these things go. And it's, I wasn't part of the, the genetic elite or that level of the genetic elite that I, my talents were, were so, you know, unmissable. And, and that's fine, you know, and, and whatever that is, even if you're just looking at someone who is running a slightly faster 5K than you, you're allowed to be frustrated by it. I think one of the, the other points to pick up on from what you said there is that if you go on Instagram, Facebook or whatever, is that there are so many different areas that people can excel at. They can excel financially. They can excel in their careers. They can excel with how they look. They can excel with how good a parent they are. They can excel athletically, you know. So hundreds of areas. And then if you're in the top, you know, if you're in the top 10 of those things, so if you look at all the Olympic, all the different Olympic sports, you know, there are, I don't know how many Olympic sports there are, 100? We're not oh, sure. Yeah. But there's, a, there's a hell of a lot on there. So even if you've got the best three people in the world, suddenly you've got thousands and thousands of people. How many premiership footballers are there? There's going to be about 600 premiership footballers if there's 30 in a squad. So that's 600 people who are at the elite level making huge amounts of money in just one sport. And the problem with social media is it brings all of these people together. So suddenly it looks like there is this nation of people who are rich, talented, successful, good-looking. Of course, it's not the case. I was thinking before the call about, you know, how many people from my school have been unbelievably successful? You know, I was in a reasonably sized school. There's probably, when I was at school, 250 people in my year group. There's no one who's been extremely successful. There's no one from my school who's been unbelievably successful. One guy played rugby for England, but that is out of a thousand people. And you probably wouldn't know who he is. You know, so suddenly he is the, the exception to that rule. He is the one in a thousand, if not even bigger numbers than that. And so it's so easy to get swept away in this that everyone out there is successful and talented and good looking and whatever it is, whatever your insecurity is, is probably the thing that's on your feed. You know, I don't spend time looking at brilliant tennis players. I spend time looking at athletes or looking at businessmen. So I'm going to see the people who are, who've got the biggest businesses, who make the most money, who've got the biggest clout, because that's what every other aspiring entrepreneur or entrepreneur is looking at. And so, and that's the, and that's the, why it's kind of your, your kryptonite, isn't it? Is it picks up your weakness. It picks up the stuff that you want to look at and gives you more of it. It keeps you on the app. The algorithms, the reason these companies are worth billions because the algorithms are really intelligent. You won't be able to, to think around it. Um, so it's just having that awareness and it's coming to these situations, being realistic and being compassionate to yourself. Yeah, I'm allowed to be frustrated by this. That I'm not as good an athlete as I want to be or I'm not as lean as I want to be or I'm not as happy or rich or whatever it may be. And then, like James says, stay in your lane, work on what you can do. Because actually, just getting better feels really good. I spoke recently about my inabilities and frustrations with CrossFit. I've started doing double unders. You know, we do the skipping rope and it goes around you twice. I got 13 the other day, which is absolutely crap. The world record is 500 and, oh, 601, the world record is at the moment. Five minutes of double unders nonstop. But I felt really good because I got 13. Because the other week before that, I couldn't do any. You know, oh. or like oh, whip marks from my legs. You so can't, that's say, you can't say that was crap. This is a whole point of this podcast is not to compare yourself to others. And then you've just done exactly that. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, but, that's how you, but that's comparison, isn't it? Because if you look at someone who's got 600, uh -huh. 13 is yeah, on an elite level. It's not great. But it made me feel really good. You know, in the fact that it was, well, 1,300% improvement from the one double under I could do the week before. And that, you know, like James is just 
very good of you to point that out. It's just so easy to slip into that piece because you always look for, for what it could be. And unless, you know, I was the world record holder at double unders, there'd be someone better than me. Yes, and that, but that takes me back to when I taught myself how to skip when I was a youngster. I don't know how old I've been, maybe like 12, 13 or something. And I did just that. I, I concentrated on, and this one double unders, just single unders, getting 10. And then I tried to get 12 and then 13 and 14. And I just built it up like that until I could go for time. And that's really what you need to do. You know, again, an example I'd use is like, I would say, if I said, I can't sing, well, that's because I'm comparing myself to someone who can sing or someone who's better singing than me. Like, I can sing. I'm just not very good, but I can get better if I invested time into that, if that was something that I wanted to do. So, again, it's like, what are you comparing yourself to? So when people talk about slow weight loss or, you know, a lack of willpower or whatever it is, you know, and often talk about this in the podcast, it's like, it's almost like, fat loss has its own set of rules that do not apply anywhere else. And, you know, we've kind of done like joke emails or whatever. We said like, right, we're quitting because, uh, you know, body coach is more successful than us. Weight Watchers is a bigger company. Slimming World's a bigger company, blah, blah, blah. These ones. So therefore we're quitting. People are like, that's just ridiculous. Like that's exactly what you're doing when you stop your weight loss journey or attempt because someone else has done mildly better than you. You know, someone has got, results quicker than you like it just doesn't matter we concentrate on getting sustained better helping more people developing as coaches developing the team because that's what we need to do and you know you should take inspiration from these other places take inspiration you know that so-and-so is doing great or you know even when we've got people you know posting in our private group Sarah's lost, you know, big shout out to Sarah. She's lost 17 pounds in her first four weeks. Well, I've only lost five pounds. So, that, you know, I mean, uh, what am I doing wrong? I'm a failure. Like, no. You know, one, you've no idea what Sarah's story is or where she's starting from or what she's done over these, like, you know, four weeks or whatever. Use that as inspiration. Awesome work, Sarah. We're in the same team. We're losing weight. You know, maybe Sarah's got 15 stone to lose and you've got two. You know, it's, it's using this as like a an inspiration and again, not, you know, using it to destroy your attempt, you know, your mindset or, you know, using it as, a, well, yeah, that the whole thing, that comparison is a thief of joy, isn't it? That's such a good saying. It's like, don't use, compar- use comparison or, you know, use it as motivation, use it as inspiration. I think it's just, there are so many examples of where, life isn't fair and you can you can either look at this as life's not fair on me i'm the one who's hard done to or you can look at it the other way and go well actually i've still got so much it's that change in perspective and i have this quite a lot i normally find if i'm in in a bit of a grump and i'm kind of being a bit of a mard and kicking around in not very good mood i've not been very talkative with chrissy and we've got for a walk and then it happened the other week we were walking along we walked past a shop near us and some guy kind of walked out of his house I don't know what disability he had, but he was struggling to carry this bin liner and you know, struggling to hold it because of, his, because of the, the position of his hands and he was struggling to walk down the stairs. And I just thought, yeah, life's not fair. It's not fair that I have working heart, eyes, ears, lungs, legs, hands, everything else that this bloke, you know, some of these things he struggles with. And actually, yeah, it'd be nice if I lost weight a bit faster. It'd be nice if I was a bit fitter. It'd be nice if I was a bit stronger. It's not fair 
that there are other people out there who have those things that I want. That's not fair. It's also not fair that he doesn't have this. And in the grand scheme of things, I'm looking up and I'm not looking up at very many people. I'm looking up at, what, 5, 5%, 10% of people who've got things better than me. That would be a massive exaggeration, I imagine. It's probably a lot more people who've got things a lot worse off. And we get so stuck in this rhetoric that it's not fair and that our lot isn't good enough and that if this changed, then we'd be happy. Or if this changed, then our life would be better. The truth is, you have absolutely no idea. You know, you look at, um, there was that example a little while back, wasn't there, when um, a few of the, the kids from um, Love Island cut them, killed themselves, didn't they? There was mm. a, f- a few celebrities who, um, around that time, there was the, 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 the ladies, Caroline Flack. Yeah. These people who look like they've got everything. You look at them and they're happy and they're good looking and they're wealthy and they're famous. And then they're killing themselves because you have no idea. You literally have no idea what's going on in their life. So you might look at someone else's life or look at stuff on social media and think, oh, that's really nice. I'm really jealous of that. I wish I had that. Life's not fair. But that's the highlights. That's the one good thing. Paul Merson's done a documentary, um, the Premiership Footballer, now he's, a, now he's a pundit, about how he lost 7 million quid gambling and about how, I think he only stopped 18 months ago or something. And you just you just don't know what's going on, do you? you can, and it's, it's so important to have that change in perspective because it just stops the pity party. It just stops. It can put this stuff dead in, it tra- dead in its tracks that you think that, oh, if I had this or that, then my life would be so much better. But you don't know. You, you, can't, you can't have one without the other. You, know, you look at people who are hugely successful. You look at Elon Musk, you know, the second richest man in the world, whatever, hugely successful. But then he's also working 16-hour days, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. What what? You know, what would happen to, to well, with you, with your family life if you did that? I know there'd be some rather large ramifications for everyone involved in your life. That'd be the same for everyone listening to this. It's so easy to look at that one thing that you want, that one thing that you think you want, but you don't understand the sacrifices that go into it. Same with people who lose a lot of weight. You know, James was saying about this, this lady, you know, I'm sure he's just made it up, Sarah loses 17 pounds a month, but we see it. Maybe she's worked really damn hard and she hasn't been out for a meal and she's gone to the gym six days a week. Well, you don't know that. You're just jealous of the end result. You're looking at one tiny bit of information that you would like to achieve. Yeah, I'd like to be, I'd like to be the second richest man in the world. I'm not going to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And so I can't look at that and be jealous. I have to look at the whole picture. I have to take a step back and look at the reality of that situation, that the juice isn't worth the squeeze. And that's, and that's certainly a good way to make yourself feel better when you are doing these things. Yeah, or even like you said with that example of Elon Musk, he's like, take some uh, parts of that, take some of the parts that he's used to be successful. And it's not like you have to replicate like that. Like you said, working 60-hour days, you know, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. But then look at what he's doing that's bringing him success and use that as inspiration, as motivation, and replicate that, but more to a level that you are doing. But again, yeah, it's just about being realistic, isn't it? Like I said, you know, that's probably one of the biggest ones that we get from from our clients. I don't know about you, but that's one, you know, I get wobbles from people when they, we do post those things in the group. And, you know, the reason we post those things in the group is because we want to motivate people, because we want to inspire other people, because we want to celebrate, you know, all our clients' wins. So if someone loses 17 pounds in a month, that's fantastic. But like you said, you don't know what's gone into that. And like I said, you know, there's no kind of backstory, like you said, you know, someone who's got 
two stone to lose compared to someone who's got 15 stone to lose. You know, they're, they're totally different journeys. And it's just, right, well, what's Sarah done that you've not done? You know, what can we use to implement that if you want to try and, you know, speed up your goals? And like you said, it's just not fair sometimes. And it's not because you might get someone who comes in and eats bloody cream cakes and scotch eggs every single day and loses a pound a week or two pounds a week, whatever, you know, and you're massively cutting back and improving your food choices and, you know, planning and prepping and, and going to the gym and doing your walks and doing everything else. And you're losing, you know, half a pound to a pound per week. It's not fair, but that's just the way it is. Sadly, you know, it's, that's not the reason to quit. Keep on losing that half pound, keep on losing that pound, keep on doing everything that you can do to be successful. Don't let someone else's success make you become a failure, I suppose. Someone else's success is also beyond your sphere of control, which means that you're then, someone else is responsible for your happiness. So if you talk about, with fat loss, you know, a lot of people want to want to, to be confident. It's one of the biggest things that we hear, isn't it? People want to be confident. So if your confidence only stems from someone else telling you that you look good, Great. If they tell you you look good, what about if they forget? What about if they've had a bad day? What if they're a nasty, inconsiderate person and they know this and they want to bring you down? Is your happiness is then outside of your control, and so that's a very fragile place to be. You know, we've seen clients. I've spoken to them on the community calls with us. Say, you know, someone said this comment and it, it just took me back a hundred paces. That's something that has to be worked on. We have to to bring these things under your control, and if scrolling through the internet and looking at other people either makes your results seem better or your results seem worse, then you're in a very fragile place. You know, you're, you're very insecure. It's probably the right word because you haven't got your own control of this. And actually it's about figuring out what's important to you. We've said this before, you know, do you want your, your gravestone to say had a flat stomach and smooth legs? I don't know what people want. I was thinking not, not bumpy legs, but you know what I mean? Probably not. It's probably more important things in your life. You probably want to be a good parent. You want to, to have an impact in the world. I don't know. Be an environmentalist, whatever. And make sure you prioritize these things. And yet, you know, I'm not saying being leaner does make me happy. It's a, it's a big part of my life. I feel better. My life is better when I look better. But it's not the biggest thing. And we need to make sure that we're ticking all the boxes at the same time. So I am being, you know, a good good partner to Chrissy. I'm trying to help as many people through sustain and I'm happy with, with the smaller pieces too, you know, going out for, for meals, having a nice house, getting better at my job, looking good. You know, they are the smaller pieces, but you need to make sure you keep it all in perspective. And ultimately that's what you can control. Whereas if you're looking at a confidence to be something that comes from someone else, you know, all of those things I've said there, it's about me, my relationship with Chrissy, my house, my business, my job, my physique. So whilst other people can make that harder or easier, you know, Chrissy can be a really nice partner or she could be a massive pain in the ass. That would make my role easier or harder. But they're all things that are my control. I'm not looking for that external validation. I'm not looking for, you know, to win an award for, for Sustain to be voted the most popular fat loss products. Like, yeah, it'd be nice. Don't get me wrong. I'd absolutely love it. But that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it because... It makes me feel good. And you could look at that and go, it's quite selfish. Yeah, it kind of is. You know, long story short, it's quite selfish. But of all the selfish things to be, to be able to help other people, I think it's quite a good one. Is You know, I'm happy enough to say that, that 
you know, people criticize, I remember seeing a while ago, Bill Gates gave 400 million to his AIDS charity. Like, he's allowed to feel good if he's given away those bigger chunks of his fortune. You know, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, it doesn't have to, to damage you for it to be selfless, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just concentrating. <laughs> you know, to go back to the start, it's like staying on your journey, focusing on you becoming better. Or, you know, like you said with the, the business, you know, it's like if we can get an award or help more people or, you know, get the business to a, you know, a place where we're able to help more people and that shows, you know, some success, you know, we have succeeded on our journey, but it's like, oh, but it's, you know, they'd be like us getting there and going, yeah, but it's not as big as body coach. So let's just quit. You know, what's the point? Well, we've done all the things that we've done this and, you know, we've done this and we've done that, but we're not on TV. We're not in the papers. Like, well, no, we're not, but, we're still getting better. You know, we're still improving. We're still doing what we set out to do. That's what we need to concentrate on and not, says, you know, use that thing as motivation. You know, someone else has done really, really well. Awesome. I'm really happy for, for the guy. I think people think we've got a problem with Joel Wicks. I don't. <laughs> I think he's, you know, he's a great guy. Would I go out for a pint with him? Probably not. I don't know if we'd get along that well. He's a bit wet for me. But I'm not going to knock what he's achieved. He's worked really hard. He's done really well. You know, same thing with James Smith. You know, they've done really well with what they do and they take that as an inspiration. There's room out there for more people to do that. And I'm not going to be like, oh, comparing ourselves to those people and just be like, ugh, what's the point on us doing this because we're never going to be as big as them? Like, well, what happens if we can help and influence hundreds of thousands of people? That's worth doing. There's always something to, to go at in there because let's say we made, we got more clients than those two guys or we had more followers or we made more money. There'd still be someone else with more or there'd yeah. still be someone else growing faster or there'd still be someone else with a, with a bigger reputation or someone else getting better results. You can move those goalposts and, until the day you die. And that's, and that's the problem with comparison, isn't it? There's, even if you are the fastest in the world or the fittest in the world or the strongest in the world, you can only hold that for so long. And so it's, it's, a, it's, again, it's dependent on other people, isn't it? You're relying on other people not being as good as you. So even if you've lost the most weight in sustain this week, that's great. Don't have that as your source of pride. Have your source of pride that you're doing really well and you've lost weight. End of story. It's, it's, not, a, you know, it's not a competition piece. It's not like there's a, an award at the end of the year, like a financial reward or, or anything, any other kind, where you get more because you've beaten other people. This is, this is one of those things where everyone can benefit from it. You know, the, the better you do, you know, if you go in and post in the group, if you encourage other people, if you like some comments, if you give some recipe ideas, if you are compassionate to a friend of yours that's struggling, you know, it's not a competition. It's, it's, say you lose two pounds this week. If you go and buy all your mates boxes of cookies and bottles of wine so they get fatter, it doesn't make your results any better. It just makes you a bit of an arsehole, to be honest, if you, if you to think that way. And so it's really important that you catch, and it's fine to think that way. It's fine to have comparison. It's just what you do with it. Do you get consumed by it or do you just witness it? You know, like we do. I'd look at James Smith and the body coach and go, God, 700,000 followers. That's amazing. I'm a bit jealous of that. I'm a bit envious. Okay, on with my day then. You know, whereas if it becomes more consuming and it becomes a real point of either pain or pleasure or, you know, pride or unhappiness, then maybe it's time to, to act a little bit differently. That, that falls into 
to wrap up, you know, almost that, that idea that like the, the kind of weight loss, fat loss piece has like separate rules, you know, like I can't imagine. I imagine a lot of people listen to this will have, weirdly enough, completed a marathon. I know there was quite a few recently over the last few weekends, but no one turns up to that marathon and goes like, well, if I don't win, then I'm shit. You know, if I, if I don't win this marathon, then what's the point in taking part? Like everyone is quite happy, ironically, to run their own race and just try and beat themselves. You know, so I've got a couple of clients who've done marathons before and they've done them in five hours and like, I just want to beat that. And they've come in a little bit because obviously they're like 40 pounds lighter, have beaten it by like 10, 15 minutes. Amazing. Like no one gets into that pack and be like, I'm going to win this. And if I don't win this, then that's a failure. You're not comparing yourself to the other runners. You know, you don't go past them and go, ha, you know, just the same as, you know, what someone runs past you, you don't go like, oh God, I can't believe someone's running faster than me. You're staying in your own lane. And that's, you know, really what we need to do with the whole fat loss thing is like you concentrate on you completing the task, doing it to the best of your ability, because that's all you can do. Like you said, that's all you have control over. You don't have control over the speed of someone running at the side of you or behind you or overtaking you or me getting overtaken by the guy in the deep sea diver suit or someone dressed as a rhino or something. It's just, you've got to complete that task. That's your objective and do it as fast as you can, I suppose. Or, you know, kind of like at the pace that's suitable for you. That's probably better way of putting it. Good, you're nodding. That's usually a sign that it's over. (laughs) So thank you as always for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. And that's been Joe. I've been Joe. No, I've been James. You've been Joe. Episode 109. Thank you very much. Good night. God bless.